So then I went home and about 11 days later, and it always seemed to somehow happen on the weekend. I don't know how. And it always happened in the middle of the night, which is also still like puzzling to me. But I woke up and I just had like, mother intuition is real. I had this weirdest feeling and I was like, something is wrong. And my husband's like, it's just your anxiety because I'm like an anxious person anyway. So I was like, I don't know. Like, I'm just telling you. And I don't know what made me do it, but I literally pulled in my pants in one of the morning. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where you'll gain the tools, knowledge, and confidence you need to erase the unknowns, feel in control, and have an even better birth, no matter how you deliver. My name is Liesl Teen, mom of two, practicing labor and delivery nurse, and your host. From over eight years and counting of working at the bedside, I know that knowledge is the key to an even better birth. So tune in each week to learn about all things pregnancy, birth, and postpartum from me, a labor and delivery nurse that's seen it all. And now let's get into this week's episode. Happy Monday. I have a roller coaster birth story today for you guys. Oh my goodness. This girl has been through a lot. Well, I mean, I'm, we all have, right? If you've had a baby, you've been through a lot. But I have Fallon here today with me to tell the story of her son's birth. And yeah, it was a roller coaster from the minute she found out she was pregnant, I'll say, because that was also a story in and of itself, to weeks after he was born. I'm not going to spoil the episode for you, but I will say there was a lot of bleeding. There were a lot of hospital visits, a lot of hospital stays. We talked about some TikTok videos and you guys are just going to love her because I I had a great recording with her. So I am very excited to share this one with you guys. So without further ado, let's hear from Fallon. Hi, Fallon. Welcome to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today with me. Thank you for having me, Liesl. Yeah. Can you start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself, your family, where you're from, anything you want to add? Yeah. So I'm from Philadelphia. I moved to Kansas City a couple of years ago. And so I lived in Philly my whole life. I was born there and I stayed there until I met my husband now. And my brother, who is 14 years older than me, actually moved here when I was around 12. So Mm. I would come and visit him here and there and accumulated friends over the years. And that's how I met my husband now. And everything moved pretty quick. We met, we dated pretty soon after. And then we did long distance for a little while. I went back home for a couple of months. And we're like, if we're going to make this work, we need to really live in the same place. And uh, I work at a hospital here. So since I I was able to transfer and it was no big deal, but for him, he couldn't move. So I was like, I'll just move to you. So I moved here, packed all my stuff, brought my dog. And I've been here for quite a few years now. So we were together a couple of years, got engaged and then got married. And here we are. (laughs) The rest is history, right? Yes. (laughs) I love it. Well, usually what I have people do is kind of start from the beginning. Don't tell me how uh, this isn't a porn podcast. So we're not going to talk about how you actually got pregnant. (laughs) But let's go back to the beginning and you tell me um, how you, you know, if you want to start with if you had any issues getting pregnant or any losses that you'd be willing to share. Or we can talk about when you found out wherever you feel like you want to start. 
Yeah. So um, my mom actually had a ton of issues getting pregnant. So I kind of thought I would. Um, yeah. So she had, I believe, eight miscarriages. And um, wow. so she had quite a lot. Yeah. So she didn't end up going through IVF in the end. So that's what accumulates more so the miscarriages, but, um, or she did IUI. But so she okay. had quite a few things. So I kind of thought, oh, it's going to take me a while. And when we got engaged, I went up birth control just because I had some other issues going on. Like I had really bad migraines. So mm-hmm. my neurologist was just like, let's just go off it. Just be careful. So we just did other ways to abstain and everything was fine. And then um, we went on our honeymoon and I thought I was going to be a long time. I actually didn't even know if I wanted kids like in my 20s because I'm only 26. So I was like, I don't know for sure. Um, And then a couple of weeks went by. I never thought I was pregnant. Didn't have a single symptom. Thought it would be years before I even got pregnant, you know, once we started Mm -hmm. trying. And then I came home from the honeymoon, worked for a couple of weeks, actually got COVID. And then right after I, I know, right Mm -hmm. after I had COVID, I was at work and my friend Lily was like, Felon, I'm worried I'm pregnant. And she has been in a long-term relationship, but wasn't married. So she was like, I need to check. And we worked together. Um, Ah. So we had a meeting with our physicians at work and right before the meeting, she was like, I need to take a test. Will you just take one with me? And we'll just do it. And I was like, yeah, for sure. I know I'm not pregnant, but if it's going to make you feel comfortable, let's do it. So I had... A not so bright idea to do. I saw something on TikTok where people like put pregnancy tests in a cup and, the roulette, and switch it around. Pregnancy roulette. No. I was just thinking that no. same thing. That's so awesome. I was like, let's just do it. How funny would that be? Because we totally <laughs> thought it was going to be negative for both of us. Yeah. So we did it and we pull it and I pull it and I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I told you. And she turns around and her jaw is like to the floor. And I'm like, because the one I pulled was negative and we didn't oh. know, you know, whose was whose. So oh. I was like, oh my. So then I totally thought it was her. I was like, I knew you're pregnant, like stings for you, whatever. So then she was like, Felon, we need to take another test. We need to be sure. And I was like, I know it's not me, but yeah, you're right. Just to be smart. So we like go to Target in between the meeting, down the street, get the thing, go back to the hospital, take the test and clear as day. I'm like, okay, I'm going to pee. You're going to pee. And we marked ours that time. And I was like, we'll look at each other so we have like a good reaction. Yeah. So I look at hers and I'm like, I, as soon as see, I see hers as negative, I'm like, oh no. Because I was like, that means it's me. Yeah. And yeah. I, you know, when you first see that positive, you just don't think it's real. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, I'd just taken like a couple pregnancy tests in my life that were always obviously negative. So I was just like, yeah. no way. Like I basically fainted. I like went into the corner. My face oh. turned white. I like was sweating. <gasps> They had to like oh. do smelling salts. They were like, but I was like, I'm married. I don't know why I'm reacting like this. Oh but, my you gosh. Know, yeah, I so do. Good. So it was, it was crazy. It was really crazy. And so I was like, I just need to be thankful. Like I didn't have infertility issues. Like it's very, I'm very lucky. And like my sisters both had miscarriages. So I was like, I'm very lucky. But of course it was early. So I was like, could still happen. I don't want to jump the gun. I was like, I'm only going to tell him and my best friend. And yeah. so... I went to Target after work on my way home, got a onesie because I was like, I'm not a secret keeper. Like, I cannot do that. So yeah. I'm like, I'll just get it. So I got like this little onesie because I obviously didn't know the gender. So it just said like, you are so loved, like a heart on it as like white. So I was like, it could be either gender, they could wear it. So I like got it and I put it in a bag. It was like Reese's and Cheez-Its and like gave it to him. So you like get Aww. this candy first. 
And I always oh. give him little stuff. So he's just like, oh, like, how nice. And then he stopped opening and he didn't go down to the bottom. And I'm like, no, there's more in there. And I recorded it because I wanted to, like, keep his reaction. Yeah. And then he opened it and he, like, didn't realize it was a baby onesie. I don't know what, like, he thought it was. But he stared at it for, like, two whole minutes and just looked at me and was like, you know, confused. And I just looked at him. And then when he saw my face, he was like, oh, oh, like realized. And that's when he, we just like hiked for a few minutes. And he was like, when, how? Like it was, it was not intentional. We did not try. Like it was very sporadic. So, I love it. You know what else? I'm, I'm now you got me on a TikTok kick, but I'm thinking of that TikTok video where it was something where they were telling uh, her brother, and her brother just obviously didn't have any kids, and he it was a onesie thing, and he had a cat, and he was like, "Oh, it's for my cat," and he like said it, you know, a couple times, and then he finally realized it was it was for a baby. But I guess if you you know if you don't have a lot of experience with kids, or you don't, you know, it's maybe not the first thing you're thinking of when you open a onesie. No, and, and we were not trying. And it was so funny because yeah. I had literally just had his parents over like a week before. And I was telling her like, I don't even know if I want kids in like in any time soon. Like, and so when I told her, she was like, you were lying. And I was like, no, I really didn't know I was pregnant. That was so funny. It was so funny. I was like, I promise I had no idea. I was not trying to fool you. It yeah. was so funny. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Well, let's talk about your pregnancy. How was that first trimester? Were you really, really sick? I had a very crazy pregnancy from like basically week six on always through birth. Like it was crazy. So I was very sick in the beginning. It wasn't enough for like hibernosis, but I threw up probably four times a day. So a decent amount, but everything made me nauseous, like smells, sights. I could barely drink water. Like Mm -hmm. it was just like absolutely repulsive, like from basically week six on. And so I was like, this is crazy. Like, I don't know. And so I called my doctor basically right after I found out just to like make an appointment. And they were like, we don't see patients until they're eight to 10 weeks, like at all. And I was like, okay, that's fine. So I made, you know, the appointment and whatnot. I went and saw them, did the first ultrasound. They obviously saw like the baby in the sack, but obviously it was too early for a heartbeat. It was like eight weeks. So Mm -hmm. they were like, we'll just wait. Still was sick. Did it ultrasound heartbeat was fine still was sick nothing and then around i think it was 11 weeks i started getting like horrible cramping like so bad i was up like all night like doubled over in pain and i like i work in hospitals you know when you work in other you're like i don't want to go to the hospital like it feels like i'm there working for free like i'm like i don't want to go you know yeah so i was just like it's I'm fine. It's fine as long as i'm not bleeding i'm not gonna worry and i never had bled and so i was like that's good. So I told my guy, no, like my 14 week appointment, I was like, and he was like, it's probably just because it's your first, you're stretching, you've never, like your insides have never stretched. And so yeah. it's probably from that. And like blood tests were normal, everything was normal. And so that was nothing. So back when I had my migraines before I went off birth control, I got a ton of blood panels done way before I was pregnant to see what the migraines were. And they didn't find anything, but they did see that I had tested like abnormal for a clotting disorder and so they were Uh, like this type of disorder that it is it only affects you when you're pregnant and so they were mm -hmm. like only time you should worry is when you're pregnant and then i got pregnant and i was like oh that's like something i should worry yeah (laughs) yeah so i was like okay so i told my guy no and i did another blood panel positive again like two more it's still obviously abnormal so they were like yeah you do it's not a huge deal probably just go on some blood thinners gonna send you to a hematologist and a high-risk doctor Um, Mm -hmm. So I went to a hematologist and they were like, 
we're going to start you on blood thinners like lotus aspirin and so on. And then when you go to your high risk for your 20 week, they'll like confirm how many to take one to be on it. But start with one a day, like 81 yeah. milligrams. So I did that. Everything was normal. Went to the 20 week. I had these cramps for probably 14 weeks straight, like every oh. night. Like, oh my God. And I was like, I know. And I actually went to the hospital once after like, 10 weeks of having it because I was like, this makes me stress. Like, I was like, I don't yeah. know. Like everyone I was talking to, they were like, I've never heard of that. I've never had that. Like mild cramping at like first eight weeks. But after that, I've never. And I was like, what is happening? Like every yeah. ultrasound, normal, 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 you know? And yeah. I was like, okay. Still to this day, don't know what that was, but mm. you know. So and then I went to my anatomy scan with my high risk and they were like, you don't need to be on the lotus aspirin or the blood thinner. That's only for like other certain circumstances. So they were like, just go off it. It's fine. Whatever. Okay. So interestingly enough, when I went to that high risk, they put on like the diagnosis of why I was there. Like for one, it was my blood clotting disorder. But for two, they said because I was COVID positive in the earlier of my pregnancy. And I was like, oh, it's only like three or four weeks pregnant. And they were yeah. like, if you're positive before 10 weeks, I guess it's like a bigger deal because that's like when the mild things are starting to link the cells. And so they were like, yeah. technically that makes you high risk. So I was like, well, I was going to be high risk anyway. So it didn't mean much to me. Um, yeah. but it'll matter later in the story. So I was okay. like, okay, so let's do it. Anatomy scan, totally normal. Um, they saw the placenta was totally like attached, normal, normal place. Um, fluid was fine. No cervical change, no dilation, no shortening, nothing. Baby was perfectly fine. So I was like, oh, it's good. Mm -hmm. It was a boy. So I found it was a boy. Um, and so that was exciting. I didn't really carry their way. I always said that I wanted boys. So I was like happy their way. But yeah, um, my husband was secretly happy. But yeah. <laughs> So you can say it. It's okay. Yeah. We we talk about you know gender disappointment and and whatnot yeah. or not disappointment. But if you're like going for a boy and then you get a boy, it's okay to be like, woohoo, I got a boy. That's, I know. I was like, whatever. <laughs> just have beats. That's fine. Um, so time went on. Eventually, the cramps stopped around like 23 weeks ish. They stopped. Okay. And they didn't stop like one night gone. It was like slowly like less and then less frequent. It was weird. Of course, it was really weird. I know. And so I was like, that's fine. And um, so then I went ahead and pregnancy was fine. I went to my hair risk only every like two months. Like it was not that often because I didn't have like a ton of issues that they knew of. Um, saw my doctor like every four weeks. Everything was normal. I went home at 24, 25 weeks to do my baby shower back in Philly because my whole mm. family's there. Like I don't have anybody here except my brother. So yeah. I did um, my whole baby shower there. That was fun came back, everything was normal. And I started getting like a little vaccinating trait before I left, but it was like very minor. Like it was like exactly like, it wasn't even like enough to be like, oh, I'm having one. I would only notice it if I was like not busy and sitting there focusing, you know? And yeah. so everything was fine. At my next appointment, I think it was like 26 or 27 weeks. My doctor was like, from now on, you don't have to go to like the ER if you have any issues. Mm. Like if you go to the hospital, you'll go to LND. Like the protocol for the hospital was 24 and up. Um, yeah. You go to LND. So I was like, that's good. So good to know. I didn't think I would ever need that information. Boy, was I wrong. So I was like, <laughs> okay, good yeah, I know I had jinxed it. Like that was the only appointment my husband had came to. And he mm -hmm. was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, so yeah. time goes on at 26 weeks or 26 and a half weeks. Like right after that last doctor appointment, I 
had like something come out that kind of looked like a little chunk of mucus, but it wasn't like a mucus plug. It was like smaller than the size of a penny. It was like very minor. Um, okay. It says all over Google that normal discharge can be like kind of mucusy, especially towards the end. Doesn't mean it's your mucus plug. Can just yeah. be thicker than normal. And I had like thick wide discharge always like through my pregnancy. So I didn't think it was anything big. Mm-hmm. So I sent it to my doctor and I was like, just I should know. I sent it like the very scarring polygraphic picture into my portal. And I was like, I just want you to see exactly what I'm saying so that you can guide me. He was like, totally fine, normal. If for some reason it was your piece of your mucus plug, sometimes people lose pieces and it grows back, like no big deal, um, yeah. but nothing to worry about. So about two weeks go by, I was like almost 28 weeks and I woke up to pee in the night and I peed, wiped, didn't think anything of it, went back to the bed. And when I flipped back the covers to lay down, I saw like two spots of blood. Mm, and I was okay. like, and it was like small, like small spots. And I was yeah. like, really weird. And I like wiped and it was like pinkish red, but it wasn't like bleeding like a period or it wasn't like full spawning. It was just like when you wiped. And so okay. I was like, that's weird. So I called and I, I mean, it like scared me. So I was like, you're not supposed to bleed when you're pregnant. So yeah. I called like the whatever like doctor on call in the middle that it was like one in the morning and i was like i'm not too worried they were like yeah just go get checked like just be safe they didn't have a labor and delivery triage it was just like you go in a normal room they check and if you're good you go home type thing so i was like okay so i get to the hospital i this is also important i don't take elevators so i walked up seven flights of stairs oh you poor thing and i was like Probably not the smartest thing to do when you're spotting, but I was like, you know what? I was in denial. I was like, nothing wrong. Yeah. So I get there. They're like, not making a big deal. So I wasn't making a big deal. They were like, no big deal. We're going to do an amnesia, which is the test they do to see if you're leaking amniotic fluid. And mm-hmm. they were like, if that's negative, you go home. Like, it could just be things are happening. No big deal. And so they did it. And it had like some blood on it, but it came back positive. And so Uh-oh. they were like concerning, but they said blood can sometimes alter the results of an amnesia. So yeah. they didn't like want to label it for sure premature reprimandium, like PPRA, basically. They were like, yeah. we don't want to label it that for sure because we don't know. Yeah. So then I got a cervix check and I was two centimeters dilated, which is not like a big deal. But at 27 and a half weeks, it's kind of like, oh boy, something yeah. might be happening. And I had had very minor Braxton Hicks, but it was like very inconsistent, not painful, not tightening, like very, like basically nothing. And so since I had that positive, they did two ultrasounds 48 hours apart. So I stayed for about four days that time. Um, They monitored everything. They said, you are having like random contractions that are like coming up. So it's not Braxton Hicks, but they were like, they're so far apart. It was like 20 minutes, like nothing, not even consistent. Yeah. Like, so they were like, as long as you don't have any cervical change while you're here and the fluid and ultrasound look good, you can go home and we'll just like do more high risk appointments. So I didn't have any cervical change. Fluid was fine. Ultrasounds was fine. No more bleeding the whole time I was there. Not mm-hmm. even spotting. Basically, that was like the only time that time. So then I went home and about 11 days later, and it always seemed to ha- somehow happen on the weekend. I don't know how. And it always happened in the middle of the night, which is also still like puzzling to me. But yeah. I woke up and I just had like 
mother intuition is real. I had this weirdest feeling and I was like, something is wrong. And my husband's like, it's just her anxiety because I'm like an anxious person anyway. So I was like, I don't know. Like, I'm just telling you. And I don't know yeah. what made me do it, but I literally pulled out my pants in one in the morning, cut my hand like this under myself and caught like a clot of blood, like a oh, large God. splash, like oh, the gosh. size of a baseball. <laughs> so then I'm like freaking out because I'm yeah. like, is the baby okay for one? Am I going to like hemorrhage all the way to the hospital for two? I Three, no one bleeds when they're pregnant. Why me? You know? Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. oh no, it was very traumatic. So I put on like the biggest maxi pad I could find. We rushed to the hospital one in the morning yet again. We're like, live 30 minutes away. It's just like not yeah. close. I'm like sweating profusely. I call my mom because I'm like, I need someone to stop me through this. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know. So I get there. We go up to labor and delivery and I had basically drenched the entire maxi pad in like the 45 minutes and i was like that's a lot of blood like that's not like a that's like even more than a bloody show i feel like so even more than like a period i mean it it was literally felt like a heavy period like and i'm pregnant so i'm like this is craziness yeah so i'm like freaking out they're like we're not gonna do another amni shore because your fluid is still fine they kept me for a few more days again i think it was like three days Bleeding totally stopped like an hour after I got there. Didn't continue. Contractions were still not. Yeah, it was very like weird. Are feelings of anxiety and what ifs filling your head when you think about giving birth? Take a deep breath with me. Grab my hand and join me for a totally free class to start gaining the confidence that you deserve. Gain instant access to my free on-demand workshop, Three Secrets to an Even Better Birth at mommylabornurse.com slash birth workshop. Inside of this 45-minute go-at-your-own-pace video class, you'll discover the three elements of birth preparation that pack the most punch, learn strategies you can use in preparation for birth and during labor, walk away with tons of actionable tips that you and your partner can start practicing right away and so much more. Sign up for free right now at mommylabornurse.com slash birth workshop. That's mommylabornurse.com slash birth workshop. Can't wait to see you in there. So then I'm like very investigative. Like I'm very like interested in what's going on. You know, so I'm like Googling stuff. I look up YouTube and I find this video of this girl Mm -hmm. and she's like had a placental abruption and she told her story and it literally sounded verbatim like my story, Mm -hmm. like to a T, the third ship she delivered, had to go to a different hospital, like all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Everything was fine with her, but I was still like, that's very good to know. And you know, when you're there, you get the rounding doctor. So I haven't seen my gyno in like six weeks because he went on vacation. Then his father-in-law died. Like things just kept happening. And so it just happened when I needed him. Like he just happened to have a lot going on. So I hadn't seen him. So finally, that time he came in, he was there and he wasn't on call, but he had walked over from the clinic that's also in the hospital. And so he was like, yeah, like what's going on? Told him everything. And I was like, I'm really nervous that it's an abruption. He was like, oh, Fallon, it's just your anxiety. You're being crazy. Don't worry about it. Take a deep breath. They're super rare. Like I've seen two in so many years of being a doctor. And so I was like, okay, I'm just telling you. And he's like, well, I'm just telling you, you're just anxious and like dramatic. And I was like, okay, Mm. I'm going to trust you because I trust him. And I was like, I'm going to trust you. Sounds good. It's not getting worse. If it was, I'd be more worried. I had a consult with the NICU nurse practitioner just in case Mm because they were like, all this going on, we just want to be prepared in case something happens and we don't have time to do it later. 
Mm-hmm. And so answered all my questions, basically like a baby was born now. I think I was like 29 and a half at this point. And she okay. was like, the baby was born now. Here's what we'll have to do. Yada, yada. They wanted to give me magnesium drip to stop all my contractions. But mm-hmm. I had very low blood pressure my whole pregnancy, like 80 over 50 the entire Ooh. time. Yeah. So I declined it and they kind of looked at me like I was nuts. They were like, you're insane. And I was like, no, I'm, I have a clotting disorder and I have low blood pressure. So I'm not really trying to have a stroke when I'm pregnant. So no, thank you. I declined it. Yes. Yeah. And I was very proud that I did it. It took a lot because they were kind of pounding me, you know, sometimes a little pressure, but I was yeah. like, look, I'm, I'm like pretty stubborn. So I was like, I'm not yeah. doing it. But I did accept the two rounds of beta-methasone steroids that they give to help the baby's lungs if it were to come premature. Yeah. No big deal. The side effects were lame, but it wasn't like horrible. It was just like profusely sweating, redness, you know, mild stuff. Right. So I was like, I'm good with that. It made me feel better so that at least if the baby came, I did everything I could. Yeah. Um, Time went on. That was fine. I went home. I wasn't much. I think it was like two and a half. So I wasn't really dilating much. It was a little cervical change. But they were like, if your contractions are inconsistent and you're not like you stop bleeding, there's not really a lot we can do. They were like, we would like to keep you here the rest of your pregnancy. But also that's going to make you go insane if you have to stay here for 10 whole weeks. So they were like, we're going to send you home, but you're going to be on bed rest. And I was still off the lotus aspirin. They said, go on bed rest, drink a ton of water. We're going to do a check. And actually, so I went home and I had a high-risk doctor appointment 10 days later. And when I went home through those days, I had yellow discharge. It didn't smell. It wasn't like kind of cheesy. It was just like yellowish clear. And I mean, I have a picture on my phone. It's like a decent amount. Like it wasn't like blood amount, but it was Mm -hmm. like more than your normal. And it Hmm. smelled like syrup. And I was mm. like, that's really weird. And as soon as mm-hmm. I text my best friend who's a nurse in the hospital, and I'm like, mm-hmm. and she's like, that could be amniotic fluid, I would just be uh-huh. sure. Mm-hmm. And so interestingly enough, I went to the high risk doctor. My fluid level actually went up since I left mm-hmm. the hospital. So he said, you could have had something like a very minor leak and they can actually patch itself if you drink a very excess amount of water, which I do. Yeah. So he was like, it could have patched itself. No big deal. Unless you have like, more gushes, more things. And actually did slow down. It got like much more minimal. Um, mm-hmm. So things just kept happening really weird. And they were like, technically, we could say you're P-prom, but we don't really know. So it was just very confusing. My concern was that my mom had four precipitous labors. Mm. Like three of the four of us, their head was hanging out when she walked in the hospital. Oh. And she's a very, she's a sissy when she goes through labor. Like she, I mean, she's sissy with pain at all. So yeah. like- I knew I was like, if that happened for her and she didn't have any warning, I'm very scared for me. Like, I'm and, very scared. And did she have any premature births or were they all no, term deliveries? None. Okay. All so, were like between 37 and 41. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, see, if you have a history of premature birth in your family, like, you know, there's a chance you could have a higher yeah. risk of it, right? You, but also I'm thinking, okay, if your mom has a history of having these really fast labors, you automatically have a higher history and your baby's a lot smaller. So, Yes. Yes. It was scary. I'm interested, but I'm scared. (laughs) No, it was. It was very scary. And I told my doctor this and he was like, 
precipitous bursts aren't always genetic, which like nothing is always genetic. I mean, there's no, you know, but I yeah. was like, well, I just want to let you know so that like, you're aware. And my sister had a breech baby and was scheduled to have a C-section and she got there and was six centimeters and didn't have any pain. And so it's like very, seems like genetic to me. So uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah. But I was like, just something to think about. So then I came home. I didn't really have any bleeding. I had like one time, I had like one singular peak. It was just like pink. And it was just when I wiped and then never again. So I didn't go to the hospital for that. Okay. Um, and then there was one more time that I went at 31 and a half weeks or 32 weeks about. And I had like just a couple spots again, but they were like every time go, every time go. And so every time I went, by the end, I was like, I'm a pro. I'm going to go for two hours, leave. Like I'm tired of this, but whatever. I'm here for my my chest people. Yeah. I made best friends with the nurses there. So it's fun. I was like, well, at least I trust my staff that I'm going to deliver with. So I was like, Oh, no. And at this point, my doctor was like back from vacation, back from his father-in-law dying. So I was like, if I do go into labor, he'll be there. I'm like yeah. a little more comfortable with that. Yeah. Um, and like time kept going on. So I was like, this will probably happen, honestly, until I deliver. I'm just expecting it. I'll probably go somewhat early, probably 37 weeks, but I don't know. Like it's not seeming like a big deal. Mm-hmm. So I get there the third time. I was three centimeters and 60% effaced. And they were like, it's still concerning. You're having cervical change, but it's yeah. not like, you know, a huge deal. Right. And so I did scans. They did ultrasounds. I've had about nine ultrasounds in like two months, honestly. And every time yeah. they're like, totally fine, totally fine, totally normal. You look good. Nothing. Fluid's fine, plan is fine, everything. So I was like, okay, got two more rounds of adamethasone just to be safe because they said it's only good for two weeks and they only give it up to 34 weeks. So they were like, this will be your last time. If you need it again, you'll already be past 34 weeks because this will last you until then. So they were like, you're good. Just better to be safe than sorry. Can't hurt. Right. So I was like, okay, got that. You got to stay there for 48 hours for the whole time. So I was there, I think three days again. Everything was fine. No big deal. No fluid leak. My fluid is fine. No blood the whole time I was there. Whatever. So... At this point, they said, we're not going to check you anymore unless you're having active, very consistent contractions because mm-hmm. we don't want it. Like the more we check you, the more likely we'll either dilate you more or pop your water. Yeah. So I was like, okay, sounds good. So they didn't check me the whole time I was there. It's only been like three days. Right before I left, I had a really gut feeling and I was like, I just want to be checked again. I just want to be sure before I leave. So there's yeah. a new doctor on, not my doctor, but she was so amazing and she was the only doctor i felt like that really was like listening to me and i'm not crazy you know and so i yeah. was like i just want to get checked at this point like so much has gone on i just want to be sure and she was like well i'm going to check you myself because you know she's done it a long time so it's just like less yeah. likely she'll pop my water um so yeah. she was like i'm just gonna check it and see and she was like well you're four centimeters and you're 70 percent of face we're still yeah. not going to keep you because yeah. they were just like your contractions are not regular. Like I don't, you're just going to be here for weeks. Like there's literally nothing we can do. And if you're on bed rest yeah. here and you're on bed rest at home, not a big difference. Right. My worry is that I'm like, I live 30 minutes away. My mom had precipitous labors. Oh, I was I just going to say that. I'm like, but yes. I have a 30 minute drive. Oh yes. No, it was so bad. And so after I left, I don't know what happened, but basically hours after I left, I started getting really bad contractions. Like, uh, I'm very tough. Like I have tattoos. I've had surgeries. Like I'm okay. I'm like, when it's getting real, because everybody that you talk to, you're just like, 
it's going to be unbearable. You're going to know whatever. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. okay, that's fine. So it was pretty bad. I mean, worse than any period cramp I've ever had for sure. It was radiating yeah. to my back. So yeah. it's real contractions. But I was like, I don't know, you know, I don't want to go. And it happened again. Well, so, you've been told I'm, so many times, like, oh, and then we can send you home and now uh, your contractions. So it's like, I mean, I don't blame you. I probably would have considered just staying home too. I told my husband because at this point I'm tired of being in the hospital and I'm still working full time from home now. So yeah. I got a like I my surgeons at work. I'm an OR tech. So my surgeons at work like made a little option for me to work from home and just do like pre and post procedure follow up oh. calls and stuff. So I was able That's to cool. do that luckily, but I'm still working full time. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't want to miss more work. Like I want to get all my like savings right before the baby comes. Like I'm everything. Yeah. I told yeah. him that I'm going to stay home until my contractions are exactly what they said. Minute or too long, four or five minutes apart. I'm going to yeah. stay home. Like no matter what. Yeah. So they were, when I say seven minutes apart for two and a half weeks straight oh, every God. day, all day and night was not stopping, was getting worse. Every seven minutes I tracked it on like the app contraction timer and it yeah. was like two, like verbatim every seven minutes. Wow. But it, I just kept being like, okay, when it gets worse, when it gets worse. And it never got more. It was just always seven minutes. So now I'm in for drama. Yeah. So I'm like, good lordy. So I'm like, okay, well, and it was to the point like I could not even walk. It was for like weeks. But I wasn't like crying or complaining. I was just like, I'm just at this point ready to not be pregnant anymore. Jeez, so I know. Okay, I remind like, me oh. how many weeks we are now too. So from 32 to 34 is when I was having the prodromal labor. Got so it. like two okay. and a half weeks. So okay. it was it was rough. Yeah. So that kept happening, kept happening. Mm-hmm. And then one night I woke up like a couple of spots of blend again. And like, oh my gosh, I left my bags in the trunk at this point. Because I'm like, we're going every other week. So I'm like, we're not going to take it out whenever. So I call yeah. my mom. I'm like, you know, they're running around. I'm going to go. I'm going to leave. Like, just so you know. Because my mom was planning to fly from Philadelphia when I go into labor. Now, she's yeah. very aware that's probably not going to be ideal. But she's like, as soon as you go, like, I'm driving to the airport first flight. Sure. So I'm like, don't worry about it. No big deal. She, I mean, this is f- visit five at this point at the hospital. So I'm like, I'm going to go home. I'm not even stressed. I look a ratchet mess. Because uh, the first couple of times I went, I tried to look a little decent. Like, if I were to be my baby, you know. But now I'm, like, in pain all the time. I'm yeah. getting very big. I'm in my third trimester, like, middle mm. and third trimester. So I'm like, I ain't looking cute. I'm going to leave in two hours. Whatever. No big yeah. deal. Yeah. Yeah. So I get there. And I go to, like, a normal room. They check me. I'm four centimeters, 70% of face. But they're like not much change not no and my blood was the least it had ever been that time so okay. i was like really not concerned hadn't lost really fluid i did lose like very thick brown mucusy discharge but okay. for weeks so it wasn't like a mucus plug so mm-hmm. i don't know what that was still but i went and i'm there and they're like checking me and i'm still four seven seven or four centimeters 70 percent of face and they're like, we're just going to monitor you for four hours and just see. Okay. Okay. So my contractions are seven minutes apart. And they were like, that's weird. But you've had, I was like, I've had it for two weeks, like nothing weird. Yeah. So I go to the bathroom and I've been there like only 45 minutes at this point. So this is, I got there at like 1230. This is like 115 a.m. Okay. And 
again up in the all middle of the night, night. Exactly. too. Right? Every time I'm like, what the heck? So yeah. I go to the bathroom. My husband's asleep on the couch because he's just like so used to like yeah, sleep on the hospital couch. So I'm just like, yeah. it's so used to being there. We're so tired of this. We didn't bring a single bag. Didn't even bring like my purse. And just like, let's brought a charger, brought a water. We're like, just hurry up. Yeah. So I go to the bathroom, I pee and I'm like, I feel like I'm not peeing. And I look down and it's blood and it's a uh, lot of blood, like pouring. Uh, and it wasn't like cloth. It literally was just like a very heavy period that wasn't stopping. Like but dripping, was, dripping, dripping. Yeah. Yes. Drip, drip, drip. And I felt it come out and I was like, that is not good. So mm-hmm. I go back to the bed and I'm like in a house little gown, I've seen nothing underneath, no underwear. And I'm sitting on like a chuck that, you know, they mm-hmm. put on the bed. And so I'm sitting on it and it is coming out. Like uh. I beat my nurse. And I'm like terrified of bleeding hops. I'm like, in this point, I feel like I've lost a lot of blood. And yeah. I have a clotting disorder. So I'm like, I don't know what's right. going on. Right. So the nurse comes in and she's like, let me check your chuck. And so I sit up. She like brings it to the bathroom. She's like, has a lot of blood. And my husband cannot do blood. Like, this is a horrible scenario for him. So I'm like, oh. I'm very sorry. Close your eyes. She brings it to the bathroom. And she's like looking at it and shaking her head. And I'm like, so is that a lot of blood like be real with me and she's like it's more than we like to see but it's not like hemorrhage and i'm like i work in healthcare i know that voice i know it's not good don't play me i'm like now i'm worried so i'm like yeah okay she's like all right no big deal don't stress if it gets really big we'll page the doctor sit there well literally she's still in the room charting it it's like five minutes go by and my contractions go from like a one to like an eight very fast and i had back labor the entire time so Mm. i'm like sitting like pushed up off the bed like pushing off the handles just trying to like get some pressure off my bottom because it really hurts oh lord so i'm like something is happening this is not good so i'm like i've never had this and this lady's looking like i'm crazy because i've been here five times and i'm like i promise you on everything i promise you i've never found nothing like this and at this point, I'm like sweating and I'm like, it's really bad. Please, please, please. Like, I'm like begging. I'm like, please call the doctor. And she's like, well, I don't want to page her for no reason. I'm like, well, I'm just telling you that if you don't, I'm literally going to walk out there bleeding on the floor and I'm going to get her. Because, and this is crazy. Like, yeah. So she pages her finally. And it wasn't my doctor. It was a different female doctor on call. Okay. Best woman I've ever been in my life. And oh. she comes in she's so sweet and she's like very like blunt and i like people like that because i'm like okay i could trust you you're not gonna like diddle yeah. around the fact yeah comes in and she checks me and she's like you're six centimeters and you're a hundred percent of face there's nothing left i feel his head it's literally right there i could oh. essentially plunk. so i was like and my husband's face went hell because that's never happened like i was not having change yeah. And I, but I knew in my soul, like when those, it started getting that bad, I'm like, I am for sure dilating. Yeah. So she sees the chuck and she looks at the nurse. She's like, you didn't call me. Like it was a lot of blood. And I'm like, yeah. I told her. I didn't say anything, but I thought in my head. Yeah. Like whatever. So that happened and she's like, okay, it's a lot of blood, but I'm going to pop your water because it's time you're having this baby right now. I've yeah. been there an hour and a half. And I went... To six centimeters in an hour now. So, like, I feel I'm going to be precipitous. I knew this is going to happen. Yeah. So, I was just glad I made it there. So, I was going to say, like, I'm glad you were at least at the hospital and all this is happening. Thank God. <gasps> so, time goes on. 
she pops my water, like 20 minutes gone, pops my water, and it's full of blood. And she's like, mm. this is not good. But she looks at me and she's like, Fallon, I need you to just be open-minded because if something happens more, you're going to have a C-section. I was like, yeah, please don't. I was like, do anything. But if I'm going to die, like, obviously, it's fine. But I really don't want one. Yeah. So... Because, like, it, the baby was in breach. I was like, everything seemed perfect. So I was just like, I just want a new vaginal. She was like, this for any other doctor, they would be doing C-section. I'm going to trust you, but I need you to be verbal with me. And I was like, okay, sure. deal. Sure. So literally, she didn't leave the room immediately. She stood there and was, like, kind of examining the fluid. And right before she popped it, I said, can I please have an epidural? I heard once your water breaks, it's going to get worse. And she said, nope, pop. And I was like, oh. And it went from eight to an 11. Oh, like, I was yeah. like, oh, oh, yeah. I think I look like the exorcist. I was like profusely oh. sweating. I'm like contorted on the bed. Oh. I'm like, oh, my God. That was, I mean, like unmedicated. Yeah. And they finally caught anesthesia. I'm like, you better hurry up. You better hurry up. They're like, oh, he just took a nap. I'm like, don't Shut tell up. me this. Just tell me. Yeah. Like, okay. Oh. So I have no thoughts. Like, I almost feel like I blacked out. Like, I'm like, yeah. I can't even like yeah. remember, you yeah. know? And so I just remember. So I had only been there two hours at this point from the time I got there to when my water was broken. Worst labor I've ever had in my life. And I'm just screaming at my husband, like, text my mom, tell her to come. Because she thought I wasn't going to labor. And he's like, they just broke her water. Hurry. My mom's like, what? This is such a disaster. So I'm like, oh my God. All right, the sound of that heartbeat means it's time for this week's segment of Birth It Up Babies. This one says, I just delivered yesterday and I took your course. I had to be induced because I was over my due date by a week and a half, almost, with zero dilation. Oh, that is a bummer. Mm hmm. I went in and they started. I dilated so quickly that all of a sudden in 30 minutes, I was at a seven. Whoa, <laughs> that's really fast. I was trying for unmedicated, but because I was dilating so quickly, it was too hard for me to handle the contractions. I got an epidural with basically minutes to spare and it was the best decision. I'm so happy to have taken your course. Oh. Love it. If you want to have an even better birth, just like this mama, head on over to mommylabornurse.com slash courses to learn more about our three online on-demand birth classes. So finally, time goes on and everything is fine. And then the anesthesia guy comes. So he came, it was for like 30 minutes from when my water broke to when he came. So okay. it wasn't like crazy, but it was like, yeah. felt like 80 years when you're in labor. And yeah, right when he walked in the door, he opens the door and I'm like, I need to poop. And the lady's uh -oh. like, stop and stops him at the door. And she's like, uh -oh. do not walk in. Stand out there. So he's standing out there. This guy's acting so annoyed because he just woke up from his nap. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm having a baby right now. So I'm like, yeah. okay. So I'm just sitting there. And she checks me. She's like, you're a nine and a half. Eh. And she's like, you need to push. And I'm like, I'm eh. just letting you know that I'm ain't nothing coming out until I get this epidural. I'll tell you right now. Look, I'm like, I... I thought I was a brave soul. No more. I am oh. nine and a half centimeters and I about saw God. So I'm like, oh. no, I'm not. I was, she was like, you can push right now. And I'm like, I'm just like, I'm not. I'll hold it in. So she was like, okay, give me the epidural against their better judgment. Thank God. I'm still so glad they did that. Yeah. They gave me the epidural and everything went perfect with that, luckily. But 
to give you an idea of how crazy it went, the doctor never left the room one time. And usually they don't even come in until like you're yeah. crowning. Yeah. They never wow. left. Because I was like just bleeding so much. It was so crazy. Oh, yeah. There's so many things was going like, on. Like so many things. And she oh. even stayed there for the epidural because oh, she was wow. just like, she wanted to be there in case I hammered, I think. But yeah. It's yeah. just like, oh my God. So at this point, I'm just happy because I'm like, yes, no C section. So I'm like sitting there and they're like, you have to stay still. And I'm like, no, no, no. It feels like someone, he's ripping me through my like skin hole. I'm like, I can't. Oh. Like, I literally cannot. It felt like I was literally pooping him out. I was like, no. Because yeah. I back labored the entire time. I never felt it in the front. So yeah. then she's like, you have to stay still. You have to stay still. So they raised the bed to like, heaven it's like all the way yeah. up in the air i'm like six yeah. feet in the ground i'm a short little thing so i'm like oh no and they make <gasps> my husband sit down because they're like he is very weak stomached yeah so they make him sit down they're like you're gonna sit because we can have something else go on so they make him sit and basically he sits down the minute he sits down they're like take a big breath we need you to stay still because at this point i was not still i was moving all around because i'm like in the worst pain of my life so yeah. i'm like Saying to myself, look, you work in healthcare, you know that if you move, there's a chance you're going to get paralyzed. So you better stay still. So yeah. I'm like gripping so hard the sheets. I'm just like staying perfectly still and somehow it worked. I don't know. But Oof. it worked. It was scary, but it worked because they were like, it's not natural. So yeah, it worked. It worked. And so right after they were like, you're 10, you're ready to go. Like you went from a four to a 10 in three hours, like, it's time. You're like, so, I told y'all. I told y'all. Okay. My mom had all these babies really fast. I told y'all. I told them. I said, look, I knew this is going to happen. No one listened to me. I thought it was crazy. So, yeah. But the bleeding, as soon as she popped my water, the bleeding went almost to zero. Hmm. Don't know how. But she hmm. said something that could have happened was that there was blood behind the baby. Yeah. When you pop it, it leaks out and his head kind of blocks it. Right. So she's like, it'll be fine. So it was, I got the epidural, three pushes, there it came, literally. Wow. Yes. And because of your podcast, I told her I wanted to get like a perineal massage during the pushing. Oh, and good. she did, and I didn't tear at all. And so it was awesome. And by this time, my epidural kicked in. So I'm like making jokes. I'm like, that anesthesiologist deserves a raise. I'm like <laughs> making jokes yeah. and laughing so hard. And the whole NICU team is there because like a preemie. So I'm yeah. 34 weeks and three days. Okay. So okay. they're like, just so you know, babies born at this gestation, typically fine, no long-term issues. They'll usually need like a CPAP bypass, some type of long-term oxygen for like at least a week or two. And then they'll be like a grow and go type baby, just like yep. gain weight, gain weight, be fine, breastfeed, leave. So that made me feel better, but they were like still going to have a NICU stay. And for some reason, boys stay longer than girls. Don't yeah. know why, but it's what they say, and it actually is true. So yeah. I'm like, okay. So at this point, I'm like, push him out. He's good. He comes out. They're like, can't do skin to skin right away, technically, because he's a preemie. So we need to like Apgar score check him. Like, but you can do skin to yeah. skin if he's fine after. Yeah. But they're like, he's not staying in the room. Like he's going to the NICU. So yeah, I was born four pounds ten ounces, twenty oh. inches long, like the longest baby I've ever seen Whoa. for a preemie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he was just so cute and perfect. Mm. So then they checked him, put him on the thing. And immediately I'm like, how much does he weigh? Because I know he's a preemie. So I'm like stressed thinking he's going to be like two pounds. Yeah. So he was 4'10". So they're like big for like his gestation. 
totally yeah. fine. So they were like, everything is good. Everything is fine. So basically, they did an app gross score. He got a nut. Okay. And I'm like, that is great. Yeah. I expected him to get like, I don't even know, like six because he's a preemie. So yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I really, they're like, no, he came down. He, he's pink. He cried. Like, he's good. Yeah. And when they like try to section out the fluid or whatever, they normally like, section out, you know, when the baby's born, they got like a huge chunk of blood came out, but then everything else was fine. Ooh. Okay. So they were like, we're going to do like just brief scan things, but they said sometimes it just happens when you already have blood in there. And mm-hmm. ended up being fine. They never found a reason he was good. No, like, aspiration, nothing like that. So okay. they were like, he's good. I did skin to skin for, I think, three or four minutes. And then okay. they're like, he just needs a nasal cannula for oxygen. But it never yeah. dropped that low. It only dropped to, like, 80. So it mm-hmm. dropped low, but it wasn't, like, coding or anything. So they were like, yeah. we're going to do a cannula, take him up to the NICU. You can go anytime. They explained everything. And... I expected when I had a baby for me to be like so off for the count, dad be like just like no. An hour later, I'm like ordering a burrito. I'm like showering. <laughs> My husband's like this is the best you've ever like that, and I'm like I feel great. I know. <laughs> he's like you're yeah. a psycho. So it was totally like fine and everything was great. Best post labor experience ever. Like I just nice. it was good because. My husband went to sleep and it was sad because usually when babies are born, they're like in the room and like, and my baby wasn't in the room. And so at that yeah. point I was like, that's sad, but I'll get to see him soon. They were like, basically as soon as we move you in two hours to mother baby, you can walk over because Nikki's in the same unit. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, that's good. So I get up there. Everything is fine. I take a shower because they're like, I try to shower immediately. They're like, you're epidural. So like, you cannot. So they like. Push Pitocin, let me contract and get the placenta out. And so at that point, I was like, so what happens here? How do I find out the reason why it's bleeding? Because they're like, we don't know why you're bleeding. But I wasn't really bleeding then. So they were like, we're just obviously something happened. We should not know what we're going to do. Pathology and like lab results on the placenta, biopsy okay. it, and kind of go from there. Yeah. And so they took the placenta and the doctor was like, your placenta is in one, so it didn't totally break. But there is some things that are concerning, so we're going to kind of look at it and see. But you're okay. Like, now the baby's out, you're fine. Yeah. If you were to stay in, it may not have been fine, but you're fine now. So I was like, okay. So I go to mother baby, shower, family comes. I go over to the NICU. I didn't quite understand how emotional I was going to be. Like, I just never thought of it. And so I go to the NICU, and like, as soon as the doors open, my face gets hot. Aww. And so I'm like, oh, no. So... I'm like, look, he would have to be here that long, but it's going to be okay. And yeah. I knew I was going to breastfeed. Like, that was, like, one of my biggest priorities. And so I'm like, I'm for sure going to breastfeed. I'm going to figure it out. What do we need? Let's get the pump in here. Because obviously yeah. I can't breastfeed a preemie. They said I'm not allowed because, you know, they don't have the suck, swallow, breathe when they're that early. Yeah. So they're like, you can't breastfeed, but you can pump and you can breastfeed eventually. Um, so they yeah. put an NG tube in, feeding tube through his nose. They're like, we're going to give him vitamins Neoshore mixed with your breast milk. But since you're only getting colostrum, it's not going to be like enough to keep him full. So we'll just give him Neoshore, which is like a formulated breast milk. And they were mm-hmm. like, just for now. And then so on. And then I went there, saw him. It was like emotional, but I was like, it's going to be fine. The first night and the next day were the hardest of like, pregnancy postpartum everything because I'm in mother baby 
I'm hearing other babies cry in the rooms next to me. My baby's not there. I'm knowing I'm going to have to leave without him. Like, yeah, it was so sad. And you just think when you have a baby, like, that's what you look forward to. Like, people coming to see him and going home. And, like, I wasn't getting that experience. I had maternity pictures that were scheduled for the next week. Didn't even make it. So, just, like, I just felt, like, rocked, you know? Yeah, Yeah, it was sad. So, it was like, well, okay. But my biggest concern was, like, Honestly, I knew as soon as I had him, I'm like, I need more babies. Like, this is the best feeling I've ever felt in my life. So I'm like, we need to find out why that happened because that needs to never happen again. Yeah. So the next day when yeah. I went home, it was like the hardest in my life because like my husband went back to work right away. So mm-hmm. he didn't get a day off. And leaving the hospital, there's like mother sleeping with their babies in the car seats next to me. And I'm walking out by myself. And I'm yeah. like, this is like so sad. Like my mom yeah. had came, but... It was really sad. So I was like, okay, this is like horrible. I leave. I'm like sitting at home and I'm like crying. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this for however long he's in there. Yeah. It was really the worst day. And then t- it did get better. It did get better. As time went on, I was going to take maternity leave right away mm-hmm. when I had the baby. But since he was preemie, I was like, maybe I'll try to work. And, and then way I'll be able to take it when he comes home and like be able to spend time with him because I don't know how long he's going to be in there. My maternity leave is only eight weeks. Yeah. So... I literally get home four hours later. I'm like, I'm taking my maternity leave. I'm sitting in the NICU, never leaving. Like, I'm just like, I cannot. Like, I thought for sure that I was going to be able to do it. And I just couldn't. Like, I literally just couldn't. So time went on and I went to the NICU basically every day after that for like majority of the day for like two days. I would go from like 10 to 6, like 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And then I realized I can't leave that long. Luckily, I don't know another kid at home. But then I started going... 7 a.m. until 7 p.m. every day and I did that every day for the whole time he was there and so he went there and they said they're like you can't latch because he can't suck swallow breed so we don't want him to choke but I went against it and I did let him latch for one second just because I wanted to see if he'd latch I didn't beat him because I'm like I want his best interest too but he latched right away and I was like oh because they're like Creamy babies don't latch like that. And he didn't. I was like, oh, great. Okay, good. So we started doing non-nutritive, like where they basically will get yeah. fed through the NG, all pump, and then he'll like suckle on my boot for like just a couple minutes to get used to sucking. Yeah. And they started gaining weight like crazy fast. And they're like, okay, I think he went a bit oversupplied because I think he's getting nutritive because it's really seeming like oh. every time you yeah. try to like latch. He's, He's doing like it. Getting... Yeah. yeah. So then they were like, we're going to do half and half. Like, we'll do one NG feed, one for you. Because, like, preemie babies eating, they say it's like running a marathon. So we don't want him to burn all his calories. So they were Fair. like, we're going to do yeah. that. That'll be the best for him and for you. And spoiler alert, I did have an oversupply. So we found that mm. out very fast. Mm. So he started doing breastfeeding he was only there like a week and a half so not that long so at this point he was like 36 weeks gestation okay um basically he was okay and then randomly when we started breastfeeding more often um we noticed that every time he would feed his sats would drop mm. so he would get like brady d sats like his heart rate would drop his oxygen yeah. would drop and i would have to pull him off and as soon as i pulled him off He'd be okay some of them started requiring bigger stimulation like really like chest rub like and yeah. that's when we started getting like, okay, maybe we should slow our roll. Yeah. And so we continued to breastfeed, but then we did every feed. I would do half breast, half NG, 
every feed instead of like every other one and one. And mm-hmm. that worked better. He would still have them, but he wasn't having them during the feeds now. Now he was having them in between when he was sleeping. Because hmm. he was a preemie, so he wasn't awake for real long. He would only wake for like 20 minutes at a time. Yeah. supposed to be still in the womb. So he was very tired. So every time he would sleep, he would drop. Mm-hmm. And terrified me to leave because I'm like, how can I leave my baby here? I don't know if something's going to happen. I live 30 minutes away. Yeah. But they didn't have any beds for me to stay there. Like it wasn't an option for me to stay there yeah. unless I slept in a sat up like office chair. So right. I was like, I can't do that. So every night at home, I would wake up every two hours, set my alarm, pump, 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 because I didn't want to lose my supply. And that was exhausting. So like I'm not even waiting to waking up and like getting the gratification of feeding my baby. I'm like yeah. waking up to like just pump to a, to a pump. machine. And then I feed him all day, and I'm like, it was just such a hot mess. So then that went on. He stayed there for five weeks, five and a half weeks. And they were like, that's pretty long for his gestation, but he's okay. Um, He could have came home two and a half weeks earlier than he did, but he kept having the DSATs. So they kept keeping him because they were calling him like spells. So they were like, he can't come home. So at the end, I was like, I don't want him to come home. I don't think he's ready. And they were like, he's six pounds, 10 ounces. We think he's ready. And I was like, I just have a gut feeling. I don't think he's ready. And they were like, he passed his course. He tests. He's ready. Bye. Like, and I was like, mm-hmm. okay. So we get home. He's home. So I got the outlet, which I didn't realize is not what I thought it was. Um, yeah. So mixed reviews, but yeah, I digress. So I, yeah. time goes, so like two days later, I'm holding him and he just goes blue and like, <gasps> So then immediately I like know what to do. I give him stimulation. Luckily, after vigorous stimulation, he comes to, but he's a little groggy. Uh-huh. So then I'm like, I knew we shouldn't have left. I'm so stressed yeah. out. So I take him to the closest doctor I could find. Cause I'm yeah. like, I didn't even have like I had a established care with someone, but it was like a family doctor that also did peds. So yeah. I took him to like an actual pediatrician. Um, and they were like, it seems like he has really bad reflux, which is totally normal for like infants. Could be a dairy allergy, but he has really bad reflux. And I was like, well, I'm just telling you, I cannot sit in my house and watch my child turn blue. And they just kept being like, you're so dramatic. And I'm like, you don't know what it's like to see your kid lose consciousness. Like, yeah. the scariest thing of my life. I would rather do it. Like, I'm like, it's horrible. So yeah. I'm like, no, no. So I go to another pediatrician a couple of days later. Finally, I'm like, can we please just get him some acid reflux medication? Because I think it would help. Yeah. So they're like, yes, change your diet, cut out dairy in case it's that. We're going to give him medication. We're going to do that. And they were like, there are risks, but they're not like bad risks. They're just like kind of affect like maybe mood disorders later on, like some type of ADHD, but there's not enough backing to really be facts. So they were like, we're going to do it. Only going to put him on it for four weeks. And between that and my dairy cutting out, it helped immensely. Okay. And so I found an oxygen monitor on Amazon and it's like not approved by the FDA. So, but it literally worked like perfectly okay. worked. And every time I would know, because when you would clear his throat and kind of gag, it would show uh-huh. he dropped. Like it was oh. very accurate. Like yeah. way more than anything else. And I was like, well, that is worth my $200. So I don't care. So, yeah. Got that. Um, between the medicine and my diet change, it helped a lot. They said, we're going to pull off the meds. He still got reflux, but it wasn't as bad um, mm-hmm. once I cut out dairy. So it could have been something. And so his reflux started to get better around, I want to say, four and a half months. 
Okay. So like two and a half or three months from his due date, okay. um, it started to get much better. And he would only drop like once a week and it wouldn't be low. It'd be like to 91. Like it wasn't anything like crazy. Yeah. And so I was like, thank God. Like it started really seeming better. And yeah. so that was that. And honestly, since then, it's gotten better, better, better as time went on. And he gained weight fine. Breastfeeding was fine. He does have a lip tie. So that's ah. kind of been a little bit of a gear shifter. But the reason that I didn't get a clip is because he's already gone through so much being in the NICU. Yeah. I was just like, if later on it needs to be a necessity, um, yeah. then that's what we'll do. Yeah, that makes sense. I agree with you. I probably would have done the same thing. Tell me how old he is now. So now he's six months old from his actual. So six months, two weeks, okay. so six and a half from his actual um, and five months exactly from his due date. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. And then we have to go back and I need to know what happened with your placenta. Did they ever figure out okay, so there anything out? I, I told them, I said, call me, let me know. They never called. Finally, it comes to like my eight week appointment. And uh-huh. they like got to the end. They didn't even mention it. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I need to know my placenta, like pathology. Yeah. I need to know what happened. Yeah. So turns out um, when the placenta came out, there was a couple pieces that came out mm-hmm. and it had lengthening of the cord, which mm. basically signifies a placental abruption. And so they said, technically it's not a complete, but it's mm-hmm. more than a partial. So they were like, we don't know, but you had a placental abruption still to this day have no idea what it's from. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I should have kept taking the lotus aspirin. I don't know if I never should have taken it. I don't know if it has anything to do with the COVID. I mean, it could be a million things. could be the clotting disorder. I literally have no idea. But they were like, it's a miracle. He's here. He made it. He's okay. But I'm like, we just need to check because next time I ain't doing this. We need to be sure for next time that that is not going to happen. Oh, my goodness. It was crazy. It was crazy. It was concealed abruption because I didn't know until eight weeks after. But um, yeah, yeah it, was, it was crazy, but it worked on. They said, like, we're glad you trusted your instincts because we're going to try to stop the labor again multiple times. And I said, no. And they said, had we done that, you would have had a very high rate of stillbirth because there was blood mm-hmm. all around it. Mm-hmm. And so he could have not made it at all. So I was, like, very glad that I advocated and, you know, Absolutely. did all that. Absolutely. I was just going to say that. I think the moral of your story is to use your mom voice. That is the stillbirth organization. That is one of their tips is to use your mom voice because it is so important to trust your gut and say, hey, like there is something going on with me or my baby. And you'd be surprised like that there are babies, obviously yours, like things could have been way, way worse. Yes, I know. And that's why I'm like, I'm just so glad because there were so many times like with the precipitous labors and the possible oppression that I thought I was having and the magnesium with my low blood pressure. I mean, there was so many times that I had so many advice that were just like, do it, do it. And I was like, no, I know I'm making the right choice. And I did. And I'm so glad I did. Yeah. I'm so yeah. glad. Yeah. Oh, well, bravo. My goodness. I know. What a yeah, story. And Alan. I forgot to ask you if you want to share your social media or any anything with anybody so, you know, listeners can connect with you. Yeah. So my okay. Instagram is Fallon, F-A-L-L-O-N, period, Brianna, B-R-I-A-N-N-A. And then another helpful tip for any moms that are going through this stuff is to join the Preemie NICU Moms Facebook support group because it Good is to know. 
saved my life. It's given so much better advice than any doctor has. Like it is very beneficial for basically anything you go through and they're very non-judgmental. Good. That is great advice. Oh, Fallon, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story. But I feel like I, I just went on a roller coaster because we it was just it, all over the place. So yes, yes, yes. So hopefully next time you won't have a next time. This won't happen again. I know. I know. Oh, my goodness. Oh, well, thank yes. you so much. Yes, you're so welcome. Wasn't she just a ray of sunshine? That was a story. My goodness. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much, Fallon, for coming on. So next week, you guys, we are doing a solo episode. I am doing a solo episode. We are going to be talking about some strange things that may happen to you after birth. And I'm feeling a little spooky, like spooky vibes. Maybe I'll make it. I know it's not anywhere near Halloween, but I don't know. Let's make it fancy somehow. Okay, so I'll see you guys. Same time, same place next week. Already feeling a little more confident about pregnancy, birth, and newborn life? Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you can continue to erase the unknowns and never miss an episode. And if you're looking for even more, Instagram is definitely where I hang out the most. Come join our community of more than a half a million moms for birth education, tips, and solidarity. You can find me at mommy.labornurse. Check out today's show notes and a searchable library of every Mommy Labor Nurse podcast episode at mommylabornurse.com slash podcast. And while you're there, be sure to head to the blog to learn about our online birth classes too. See you next week. And remember, you can have an even better birth no matter how you deliver.